This episode of DCR is brought to you by World Anvil, an award-winning website offering a wealth of tools for building your next great adventure. This is Daniel. And this is Krebs. This is Alton. And I am Matai. And you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, the greatest geek podcast out there. All right, everyone, welcome to another mini crawl here on Dungeon Crawlers Radio, live from FanX. We are sitting here, well, actually standing, in the middle of a crowded uh, convention floor talking to Maddie Schmitz. Howdy, howdy. I said that correctly. Yes. Great. Uh, so, you know, I was just walking down an aisle here, and I saw all this amazing fun art, as well as it looks like there's several stories here. So kind of tell us what it is you do and why. So I am a comic book artist. I do comic books, children's books, graphic novels. Uh, Pretty much mainly it's comic books for the moment just because I have carpal tunnel. So it's a little hard to do graphic novels like one after another. And the reason I do it is because when I was a kid, I... Basically, the only escape I had was comics and TV shows and animation, and so I really wanted to just start... What's the word? I really wanted to, like, tell my stories, but also I wanted to give, like, kids like me an escape that just don't have it. Mm -hmm. And, like, again, I am dyslexic, or I was talking to you, I'm dyslexic, which is really hilarious because I'm, like, an author, and I, like, I'm trying to write things, and it's really hard to spell um, just because... I don't know. It's it's just one of those things I can't get over. It's like the worst part about writing the comic books. Mm-hmm. It's great. And so, you know, I, it's, yeah, comic yes. books. <laughs> so what amazing thing that none of you listeners are viewing right now is Maddie has a snake puppet <laughs> on her hand, which is literally holding the microphone. That is what caught my attention originally. <laughs> I was talking to another a fellow author friend, and she just starts talking with the snake, and it caught my attention. So it was amazing. So we got Puppy Love, mm-hmm. and it looks like you got part one, two, and three here. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's Critter Cove, mm-hmm. as well as Vinegar and Ghostly. Yes. So tell us a little bit about each of these. So Critter Cove is a collaborative effort with me and my friend Emily Gabbitis. Um I was... I have, I'm very passionate about what I do and she, when I first met her, was like, I've always wanted to do art and I was like, you know what, let's do a collaborative effort, let's do something together and I've never done that with someone. I'm not very great with working with people, unfortunately, just because I'm very headstrong and I want things to be my way or no way, which is which is good to an, a certain extent. Uh-huh. And so she did um, line work and detailing, and I did the writing, base colors, and I think, like, the sketch work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a little children's book, and we're planning on making more. We just didn't have time before con. It was, yeah. like, actually the newest thing we've done. Okay. Um, and then Ghostly, I did, that was my second children's book. Uh, there's only two words in it, and a fun fact about that is I spelled them both wrong the first time I tried writing it, um, which, you know, is great for me. I wanted to have some book for, like, children who, like, don't know how to read because it took me until, like, the second grade just to learn, mm-hmm. like, a lot of basics. Like, my earliest memories are me learning how to read, and so it is something that's close to my heart, but, you know until I did learn how to read I was just looking at picture books and it's just a really small simple story about a ghost that needs a friend and it's super cute I I adore it and then 
Uh, Vinegar is actually my very first graphic novel. Um, first graphic novel, first comic. It's my first like big any type of project that I worked on. And before that, I didn't even know I wanted to be a comic book artist. I originally was wanting to be a storyboard artist for like animation and things like that. Yeah. And I started just writing like a couple of chapters for Vinegar and I just, I fell in love with it. It was amazing and beautiful and it was it was really hard i do have like a full video like it's like so long on my youtube channel maddie bites if you wanted to like get more in depth about it but i i love it it was just a really hard project to work on for me at the time that's awesome i i love i as you were talking about ghostly and vinegar i was actually looking through ghostly the mm -hmm. artwork is amazing and it you portray a lot what's going on even though there are no there's no story or words really showing on. You tell or faces. the story. Yeah, there's no faces <laughs> either. I mean, but you tell the story very clearly just for, from the artwork. You can definitely tell, like, this ghost is sad. Thank you know, he's you. sitting on the swing just by himself. And then he looks next to him. And it's like, there's no one there. It's. It's Thank sad. You. you can you can feel the oh man, I'm uh, by myself. I'm glad that it's like one of the hardest things to do is like be able to tell the mm -hmm. picture and tell it clearly. Yeah. Because like in writing, you can just write it out, yeah. and it is easier in some ways and more difficult in other ways. But like with art, it's like it has to be clear if you're not using mm -hmm. words. Yeah. And that's like a big thing I try to do is I try to have them be like not necessarily like expressive through their facial expressions but expressive through like the shots i'm very i'm very into filmmaking and i think a lot of that translates into how i draw out each shot and i think it really like pushes me over the edge against a few other comic book artists just because i i feel like i do have a little bit of an eye for like a creative shot to like tell a story and I, I like to do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest rules in, in writing is show, don't tell. Exactly. And, and you are definitely showing that in, in a really you. great way. <laughs> uh, so, folks, yeah, we're going to wrap this up real quickly. <laughs> Check out Maddie Bites. That's M-A-T-T-Y-B-I-T-E-S. Uh, check out her YouTube channel. Finder. Yeah. Uh, where else on social media? Can uh, it's they gonna find be you? the same thing for TikTok, okay. Instagram. I have a website, www.medibytes.com. It's super easy, just because I can't remember multiple names. That's awesome. <laughs> easy across the board. This is great stuff. Your kids will love, and we'll catch you next time. All right, Dungeon Crawlers, welcome to another Dungeon Crawl. Here at Fanex, we have yet another amazing author that we're sitting down, Derek Allen Sidaway. Uh, we had him on last year when we were here, so we're here to talk because there are more fascinating and fantastic books to talk about that he has out. So tell us a little bit about what has come out since we last spoke. So since we last spoke, the second book in the Man of Beast series is out, and then Katie and I, I know you interviewed Katie Cross, yes. Katie and I also wrote a book called A Spring for Spears Together, kind of our first crossover collaboration that we've done. Um, both of those are fantasy involving giant mythical creatures. Um, gigantic monsters and beasts of all sorts of sizes and shapes and kinds. Nice. So what is you know, kind of the premise uh, of the new book, the, the Man of Beasts series? Mm -hmm. So the Man of Beasts series, uh, I describe it sometimes as Avatar the Last Airbender meets Digimon, or also kind of a, a twisty, kind of different take on maybe Chronicles of Narnia for an older, like, you know, teen and up audience. So a young man from Earth that gets transported to a fantasy world uh, where there's a bunch of 
mythical creatures there that can use magic and he learns to use magic to try to survive and find his sister and also find his way home. That's amazing. I like the twist there. Avatar and Digimon. Most people would not think of those two combinations, but that works. Yeah, as long as you, you don't have the wonderful puns from the, the cartoon. But, um, okay, so we have that. Now, what, is, now, what was it like writing, hmm? you know, uh, together with Katie? So, I, I've done it once before with another author, and I found that our, our process was similar, but also it's kind of unique just because two different individuals yeah. doing it. Um, so, the way we did Spring for Spears and the Wolf Song Saga is we met together, did a bunch of brainstorming sessions early in the morning, um, kind of figured out where we wanted the story to go, and then I wrote the first draft, and then handed it off to her, and she did the polish and kind of second draft for it, and then really shaped it up. Then she brought it back to me to read over it and put some finishing touches on it. So it, people, some people think that it makes the process faster, which is true and isn't true. I mean, there's less work for each of us individually, yeah. but together it's still the same amount of time. So yeah. it's really fun to collaborate and just bounce ideas and you know be able to write and share a world with another really creative, awesome fantasy author. So is there any point where you know there's a, a, something that she wanted to change you know, I, I think we we worked pretty well on okay. things like that. There, there was never, you know, we both were interested in making the story as good as possible. Nice. And, you know, anytime we have stuff where we maybe have a disagreement or different ideas on things, we kind of just talk through them. And, awesome. yeah, we, we, we work it out. We're, neither of us are the kind of author that's like, I have to have this in the book, and if it's not, it's not going to move forward. So it's, it's a really collaborative process. Your ego is out the door. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's awesome. So ask some of the same similar questions what is your favorite you know hero character that you've written that i in general that i've yeah, read huh yeah, written. that i've written yes. um there, I, all of my books kind of have an underdog theme. Okay. You know, it's characters that maybe didn't set out to be a hero or set out to be a great warrior or whatever it might be. Uh, I really like Eva and Griffin writers because she starts out as someone who, who doesn't want to be a warrior and is kind of forced and thrown into this setting. And she learns to, you know, that she's she made a tougher stuff and she figures it out and kind of rises to the occasion. And kind of similar with Kellen in the Mana Beast series, um, he's... He's basically yanked out of Earth and placed in this fantasy world that's kind of harsh and dangerous and has to learn how to survive. And again, he's kind of just an average dude who, you know, um, nothing really spectacular or impressive about him, but he, he's resilient and, you know, he's determined to find his sister and kind of rises above the occasion. Yeah, so you really like playing that very reluctant hero in the hero's journey then, uh-huh, definitely, yeah. Nice. So, again, a theme across all my books, I, it's, I say my books are fast-paced fantasy with heart. So, nice. kind of page-turners that'll keep you rooting for the characters as you're seeing what trouble they get into next. So, what is one of your favorite villains you've written? Um, man, there's a couple of good ones. Um, one of the ones, and there's a villain called Ubira in Beast Mage that was really fun to write. Um, Kind of based him on a few different actors in real life, you know, just as a shorthand as I was writing it. Um, there's some cool twists in Windsworn with some characters that you don't think are villains and some that you think that are that aren't and vice versa. Uh, but really, um, just in general, I like kind of writing that perspective. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of books with a point of view from the villain. But just trying to figure out a villain that's going to bring out the worst um, or the best in a character, right? Or maybe both at the same time in some instances. That's awesome. So what is the magic system like in Beast Mage? 
Mm -hmm. So in Beast Mage, uh, there are individuals called Beast Callers that are basically bonded with mythical creatures called Mana Beasts. Um, it's an elemental magic system, so fire, water, sun, lunar, stuff like that. And they, they kind of work together to augment their magical abilities and to be able to do stuff. So again, kind of that Digimon element, but if like the humans could use magic too, and if they work together as a tandem, rather than just like the, the animal or the monster going out and battling, like the humans right there fighting alongside them. Nice, very nice. So, was there any time in writing, because it sounds like you outlined, you, know, you definitely know the direction of the book. Is there any time while you've been writing the book where it comes to a point where something is thrown into like a curveball and you're like, I wasn't expecting that? Or has that never come up? That came up a few times, I think, with Beast Mage in some of the edits where I ended up restructuring a good section of the book. Um, and a little bit to a lesser extent, Storm Totem, too. So they've both been kind of challenging books to write in that aspect. Um, just that the in that the revision process kind of had some unexpected turns, but I think they really shaped up and were better for it. Uh, they were, just was something I wasn't planning on. Um, a Spring for Spears is interesting in that the the draft I gave to Katie, she cut probably fifteen to twenty percent of the book um, oh, wow. in her. So she made some pretty significant revisions. Um, still kept the heart of the story, and ultimately it was a better story for it. But that was one where we had uh, a lot of back and forth just in talking through kind of some of her edits and suggestions. So that one was something that started out and ended up different, but again was was better for it in the end. Nice. So what else is on the horizon now that these books are out? So she's currently editing Sword Summer, which is the sequel to A Spring for Spears right now. We want to get it out before the end of the year. We're hoping to do Autumn of Axes, which is the third book um, sometime next year before next year's Fan X. I'm also hoping to have the third book in the Beast Mage series um, written and out then. It's kind of in the planning and outlining phase now, so excited to do that. Okay. Where can our listeners find you? So they can find all of my books, all the info about me at DerekAllenSidaway.com or just dsidd.com. That'll, that'll take you to the longer site. Nice. <laughs> Easier to remember, too. Okay, everyone, go pick up a copy. These are fantastic books, stunning covers, and we'll catch you next time. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard Daniel talk about World Anvil. I tried it myself, and holy moly, kids, World Anvil is designed to help you lay out the master plan for your campaign or the entire plot for your novel. The suite of features is immense, but the excellent tutorials and resources help me get rolling in no time. If you have a campaign or story idea that is begging to be unleashed, give World Anvil a try, and you can use the code DCR40 to get a whopping 40% off today. Go right Right now to worldanvil.com and try out an award-winning world-building suite of tools that are totally epic and don't suck. All right, Dungeon Crawlers, welcome to another exciting Dungeon Crawl where we have returning author Katie Cross. For those of you that don't remember Katie, just listen to our uh, Fan X special from last year where we talked to her about some of our exciting novels. And again, thank you for jumping back on. Thanks for having me again. It's you good know, to see you. The crazy thing is, is the same thing that happened last year happened this year. <laughs> yeah, last year we came, started talking to you, batteries died, Yep. and it literally happened again, which is fantastic and wonderful. And I'm wearing the same shirt, you're and you're standing shirt. in front of the same books. I am standing in some, well, some of the same books. There are some new ones. 
Yes. Which is awesome. So tell us about some of the new stuff that's out that you have completed since last we spoke. Yeah, so I have my most popular series is the Dragon Master Trilogy. Okay. Everyone loved it so much. I did a 10 book series that follows it. So the new books is called the Sister Witches series and it's 10 books about the same characters in this trilogy and my readers are so happy. So what is it about that series that is enticing everyone to say, I want more? Well, it's dragons, okay. right? Yes, dragons it's high fantasy, awesome. dragon, magical forest, potions and spells, but it's really the characters. Okay. It's Sana and Isadora. They're sisters, they go through all these adventures together. There's a slow burn romance, enemies to lovers in the background. And you just sink into Alcara for a while and forget everything else. Nice. So what is, what are the villains like in that series? So we got this, the, this series right here, the original series, Dragon Master Trilogy, we have dragons that are villains. Okay. We have other kingdoms that are villains. We have all that stuff. In the Sister Witches series that we've been launching this year, every book has a new villain. Ooh. So they're about five to six years apart for each book. So it spans over 40 years. So we have a new villain villain every book yeah so, so there might be that? a plague there could be a plague in one of them there could be an evil overlord in another one there could be some thieves in another one there's all kinds of stories so that's that's exciting to be able to come up with something new every book i love it it's my favorite thing yeah so do you ever find where it's like man what what am i going to do next to top the last book all the time okay. <laughs> i'm always asking how do we top the next book because i write I write like two or three months ahead. Yeah. So what I'm working on now will launch in two or three months. And I have a beta reading team and we just throw ideas around and I am always thinking about Alcara and just upping myself. It's awesome. And so, you know, we talked before we started the, the recording and you mentioned that you write nearly a book a month, which is just insane. Yeah. Your writing pace is amazing. I mean, probably the only other person that I can think of that writes about as quickly, well, actually probably write quicker than Brandon Sanderson at this point. Yeah. <laughs> His books are bigger though, so that, my that books are my books are eighty to hundred thousand words. Okay, and his are like four hundred thousand, if, if not a million. Yeah, uh, I mean they're they're paperweights, uh, definitely. But the nice thing is you have the so not only are you the author, mm -hmm. you're the marketer. Yep, you're the publisher, the editor as well. No, so I have a team of like ten to thirteen people on any given day that help me out. So I have an nice. editing team. I have a virtual assistant that does a lot of stuff for me. I have, um, she like schedules social media posts that I write nice. out. I have accountants. I have a title manager. I have a lot of people that do all that stuff. So I focus on writing and talking to readers. So you are almost a one man show, one man band. I'm a one man leader, but I have a lot of people behind me that help out. Okay, okay, nice. I like yeah. that. So tell me, so being everything you are with all the hats you wear, why did you go with the covers you've got? I mean, is, mm. what, what did you go with that choice? I have a phenomenal cover designer. Her okay. name is Jenny Zemanik. Yep. And the moment I saw her first cover when she, well, she actually did Flame. Yep. In the, the first book in the Dragon Master trilogy, I said, you have to do all of them. All of them. Yeah, so she has all of my covers, and we will always do covers together. That's She's awesome. done over 100 covers for me, I think. I mean, they're, they're stunning covers. They yes. catch your eye. I like the color and scheme. I mean, each one of them pops. Yeah, they're beautiful. Amazing. They're all different, but they're very on-brand. They yeah. look the same, but very different. Yeah, which yeah. I, I, I find fascinating and amazing. So what is next? I mean, you have all these books. Yeah. Is there a new series? Is there new ideas? Are you staying yep. fantasy? Are you going to go 
skip into a new genre? No, no, no. So my heart is in Alcara, my fantasy world. Okay, so, so I will be here. Yep, that's my plan. That's why I plan to stay. So my readers dictate my next story. Okay. So I finish out the Sister Witches series in January, and then there's a couple books they've asked for that I'll put out in February, March, April time frame, and then we're going to the next um, Bianca series. So I have a character named Bianca Monroe. She has two completed four-book series. She's getting her third four-book series next year. Okay. So I'm, I'm seeing behind us the map. Mm -hmm. Are there other continents on this world, or is it just a single continent? There probably will be other continents, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so I'll probably stay within the same world, and if I need to add more land, I will. Okay, nice. That's really fun. Yeah. Is there any upcoming cataclysms that may just completely shift everything? <laughs> you never know, right? I know. So That's the fun thing. I always say that I'm the person that gets out of the way of Alcara, so Alcara comes to the stories, and we'll just see what Alcara says. <laughs> so are you a outliner or are you more of a discovery writer when it comes to your writing? I discovery write my outlines okay. and then I write from the outline. Okay. Yeah. So even when you're sitting down to do that outline, you don't know what's coming up right. until it just comes out. I'm outlining the 10th book in the Sister Witches series right now. I did it this morning and I'm just really not sure what's going to happen, but I just start throwing ideas on the white space and I just start figuring it out. So are there any times where, okay, you've gone through, you've done the outline, mm -hmm. you know the direction you're going, and suddenly a character throws a curveball and you write something. All the time. But I don't write that curveball until I figured out the plan for the rest of the book. Okay. So I won't just like go pants a whole new line so until stop. I know the plan. Yep, until I know the plan. And that happens all the time. I just reconfigure the plan and I move forward. Okay, so how long does it take to reconfigure? Is it like a few minutes or it's like, just wow, depends. I can't write for the next two days? Uh, no, it would never be that long. Okay. So I can do like a 5,000 to 6,000 word outline for a whole new novel in about two hours, three hours. Yeah. So if I have to reconfigure maybe half an hour, okay. yeah, sometimes it might be a little more because I have to stop, figure it out, take a break, come back the next day. But it's like when I sit down and write, I just get it done. Nice. So, because this is your full-time job writing, yeah. what do you do to decompress? Because most people want yeah. to decompress, read a book. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> I hike. So I live in Montana. I live in the mountains of Montana. Okay. So I go hiking. I go trail running. I hang out with my dogs. I take care of my kids. I'm a mom. I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. So I put my mom hat back on, and that gets me away from the job. Uh, I like to lift weights. I like to go outside with my family. We do a lot of outdoor things. Okay. So you brought up a good point. You're a mom. So are there any times you're in the middle of a scene, and then you hear that dreaded knock. Mom? <laughs> uh, no, but only because I write in my kitchen. Okay. So if so my kids are well, if my kids are home, I'm typically not writing. Okay. But sometimes I do, and I just do it out in the world, and I just learn to tune them out. Okay. And they've they've learned if I say I need an hour, I've got to get this done. They're pretty good about it, but it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the. I hate that. I'll be <laughs> writing, and I'm in the middle of this scene, and I need to go do this, or I need this, or cook me this. It's like. Yeah. Then go. Finish. I need to finish. <laughs> yeah. So close. That's awesome. So, what is your favorite character? Out of everything you've written so far, who is the one oh, favorite character? I've got this. So my book, titled The High Priestess, it's right here. You can see it. It's a beautiful blue and purple yeah, cover. Her name is Vittoria. My readers requested that I write this story. I mentioned her once or twice in another one of my books, and they loved her so much they wanted her to get her novel. And of all the 80-some-odd books I've written, it is my favorite, and she is my favorite character. Nice. Okay. So who is your favorite villain? Oh, Miss Mabel from Miss Mabel School for Girls. She's my oh. flagship OG villain, and she's still my favorite. So is she very similar to um, Umbridge? Um, way that, more that blatantly evil? sinister, but yes. Blatantly. 
blatantly sinister. Mabel, she she makes no pretenses. She's not even trying to pretend to be a good guy. She's not upholding any of that. She she knows she's evil and she works with it. So a little bit like Miss Trenchbull. Yes. Yeah. More trenchable, but she's she's very beautiful, she's very elegant, she's very coy, and she knows exactly what she wants. Ooh, that is very nice and fun. All right, so if you were to recommend anyone, to pick, what first book to start with yeah. out of your collection, which would it be? Flame. It's okay. the first book in the Dragon Master trilogy. Okay. Because I have so many books now, I have over 55 books set in this fantasy world, you can start with Flame and read all the way through all of them, and it'll all be new. You can start in several other places, but you'll have more information in the world. It won't all be new as you read. Nice. Okay. So, final question. Big important one. Yeah. Because so many people already know George R. R. Martin is horrible at finishing. Yes. Is there a finish? to? Because it sounds like the series go from start to finish and they kind of bounce to the mm -hmm. next series. So the series are all completed series okay. and then the timeline once I finish Sister Witch's book 10 will be complete so you could read all the way through and then the timeline will just continue. But I will always finish what I start. Always finish. Always finish. So there it is. You can start with the first one. There is a series and yes. you can jump to the next series but it yes. is in the entire same world. Yep. All of it's in the same world. Same characters. It just moves through. Okay, where can they find you? Uh, katiecrossbooks.com. Okay. All right, folks, go pick up a copy. They are stunning books. Uh, they're great, great reads. So, Thanks uh, again, support, Dungeon Crawlers. Yeah, support Katie, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us. Remember, the force will be with you always.